When it comes to ice selenium, a little goes a long way. President Tarina suggests a walk or a shared meal between friends to ease Saru's troubled mind. And Lieutenant Nan has returned to the USS Discovery. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Seventh Rule with Sirach Lofton. Hello, hello. My name is Ryan T. Huss. Today, we're doing a review of Discovery Season 4, Episode 9, Rubicon, with very special guest, Rachel and Cheryl, all the way out from Toronto. You betcha. Do you want some snow? I can send it to you. We have eight inches coming in tonight. Please. We haven't had eight <laughs> inches in our lifetimes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you're coming from Toronto. I noticed the Canadian uh, oh, something there. Oh, something there. About. Some of my favorite people, by the way, Canadians. I lived in <laughs> Toronto for a while. Some of my oh, best friends you? are Torontans. <laughs> Yeah, no, I lived in Ontario. I was in Toronto and I thought the people there were so nice and uh, won me over. So shout out to T.O. Yes, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Have you been to the East Coast? They're even nicer. No, uh, no, no. Just oh. I've, I've been to Toronto. I've been to where was it? Uh, I think it was in Ottawa. I've been to a few places. I haven't been to everywhere though there's more more to see hmm. yeah the east coast puts us to shame they uh they i think are the nicest canadians ever <laughs> wow. So, wow let's go just so you know yeah oh, and i do not wow. work for uh the east coast tourism board i do not but uh <laughs> yeah no the people are just so sweet um just warm people everybody's friendly um and just the vibe there i, I was like wow these everybody here is um we'll, we'll say hello when you say hello there's like this it's just like a good feeling so I, I was happy to um be immersed in canadian the canadian people and culture you were shooting up there weren't you it was on it was on a show when you're up there Sirach. Mm -hmm. yeah i was working for showtime we were part of the original um in 2000 that's when the show business in hollywood started to move productions into um canada uh, for for budget yeah. purposes and say so, you know we can get more money for our dollar because i think it was a th three to two kind of ratio or something um so you got like more money more more value out of a dollar so a lot of people in, at that time were moving and doing productions there and we would catch we caught a little bit of backlash because people were starting to say oh you american actors are you know going to canada leaving behind jobs here in, in Hollywood. And, you know, it, it was a little bit of a controversy behind that, but then, you know, now it's just an everyday thing for productions to be all over the place. Right. International. Yeah. But now right. here, here's the, here's the thing, Rachel, we've mm -hmm. been, these were a lot of pleasantries we just threw about for the last three or four <laughs> minutes, but now I just want to get into it. Lieutenant Nan was one of my favorite characters, and I was really annoyed when is, and sad yeah. and hurt Thank you. when she left in season three. Uh, so I was very happy to, to see you back. And Discovery has this fun game they like to play, which is look at this really cool character that you like. Okay, now they're gone. <laughs> they did that with uh, Commander Landry. They did that with Arium. They did it with Culber, brought him back. They did it with you, brought you back. And, and you know. Tilly. They've, they've mm -hmm. just done it with Tilly as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So welcome mm -hmm. back. 
Rachel. It's really cool to see you again. I know the fans are very happy about that. Um, how did you feel when you came? Did you just kind of get like the, the call or did you expect that you were coming back at some point already? Um, I, I didn't know, to be honest with you. I think, uh, you know, leaving the show is a, it's, a, oh, how do I, how do I open this can of fish? Um, I think, uh, <laughs> you say can of worms. This is can of, such a language can of fish, barrier, you guys. Tuna. <laughs> I probably messed that up. Um, but how do I open this Pandora's box? Maybe that's the more appropriate thing. Um, you know, I think with with this show, I as you both probably already know, um, I wasn't supposed to be around for as long as I was. My hmm. deal was that I was the red shirt and I was coming on board and um, and I was only supposed to be around maybe two or three episodes. And then I left and I went to, went to a different sci-fi show uh, called Killjoys. And um, I did about nine episodes with them. And Trek had called during the time I was on the other show. And they said, well, we'd, we'd like for you to come back. And like, amazing. Um, and then I went back. And then it, I, I didn't even know what was going to happen with this character. A, a, little, uh, a little clue, I guess, I had was... Uh, when when pike says well commander non has uh requested to stay on board and you know and i say well if 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 i can be of use or whatever that line was mm -hmm. and then i was sort of like oh okay so they've put me in this they took away my red shirt and i think i could be the only red shirt in star trek history that's like where's my red shirt uh <laughs> but i really wanted that back and then uh, they put me in the blue and then they said this so i thought okay they want me around for a bit and you know, and that's that's a real honor, and and I love this group of people. I absolutely mm -hmm. love them. Um, but you know, as you know, with with Trek, there can be there there are long days, and there's there's um, there were some other things that I also wanted to pursue. So, you know, I I don't know if I should say this, but I think more or less it was my fault that Non didn't come back. So. Mm -hmm. uh, and left the way that she did. I'm probably now gonna get a whole bunch of people writing on my social media like, damn you, we don't care anymore about you. <laughs> uh, but I can't, I can't just leave the fault on, you know, I, I don't know what to deal with other characters, yeah. but I can't leave the fault on the powers that be because they have been so good to me. And it's always an honor to come back. And this was great to, you know, I, I went and did another show and then, you know, a great little Canadian show and, and it was terrific. And um, and then when they wanted me to come back for this and they gave the call and said, hey, we, you know, we want you to come back. I I was really honored and and also that they didn't kill me off. I mean, they could have just they could have had someone do me off, in. It meant that they were hoping you would come back. Yeah, maybe. I hope so. I guess so. Yeah, but either way, what an honor. And it's so mm. nice to see the family again. So even that 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 bridge photo I put up. I mean, I was just I cannot tell you both. I I am such a hugger. <laughs> I'm sure when I meet you both one day in person, I'm going to be like, "Oh, give me a hug" cuz that's <laughs> how I am and it was so hard not to be able cuz we were obviously dealing with the pandemic. Yeah. So to not be able to hug everyone was was uh was tough.
there was a few close calls where I was like, hey, okay. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Sorok, yeah. I know you have a million things to say, but just real quick, <laughs> when I'm looking just at your face right now, Rachel, yep. my goodness, Star Trek fans, wouldn't she play a perfect Betazoid? You look like, I don't know if you watched Star Trek beforehand, but you'd be a great Betazoid. Anyway. Okay, so you're going to write that in and let them know? Yeah. Don't yeah. listen to Ryan. That's his pickup line for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Sorok and I met nine years ago. I was he like, said the same Did anybody ever tell me. you you'd make a great beta? So what? He's like, tell me more. <laughs> tell me. Oh, uh, no, I, I, I wanted to say, Rachel, obviously, you know, or maybe not obviously, but obviously to me, you're the camera loves your face, right? <sighs> I, I think this is just a fact. Um, and you you have such presence on screen. Um, these are my observations. Um, and one of the things that I really enjoy is that is the the gravitas of your character. You have so mm. much, um, you know, like you look like a formidable person, like I, like somebody who can challenge any one of the characters. And in particularly in this one, you're the one who's you know there to match Burnham's energy or even have to sometimes outrank her or make a decision that might trump hers. So they, they, they clearly understand that you have that kind of power and presence in, in you and who you are. And my question is, um, what, it is, what is it that you, 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 what kind of mindset do you put yourself in, in order to get that kind of presence? Mm. Uh, I don't know. When, 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 you're, when you're doing non, like, what is the, what is the, you know, what is your, 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 you know, what do you, what is your, your thing that you're centralizing your, your performance around, you know, like, like, I'm going to be tough. I'm going to, you know, cause there's a lot, there's very, there's a, a layered thing. And, you know, we certainly got into your family history in this one a little bit. It became emotional. Um, but I also see a, a strength and toughness uh, and I want to know where that kind of emanates from. I think that came, to be honest with you, uh, right from the very start, from the first episode. I mean, um, coming on board with Pike, you know, he's bringing two officers with him on board. So it, it's, it's non right from the very beginning was, yes, sir, following order, sir. Yes, sir, we're going here. You know, like she's very rules and mm -hmm. obedience and uh here's a little tidbit you both may or may not know this but um <laughs> my first career of choice actually was to become a police officer so there could be some of <laughs> that there it is that's in there <laughs> yeah. but then i'm sure you can tell with talking to me i i am not serious at all i'm a bit of a joker and i laugh all the time so i guess uh so wait, you're saying that if you ended up being a police officer, after you asked them, do you know how fast you were going? You'd be like, what's this behind your ear? Whoa, it's a ticket. There you go, buddy. Have fun. See you around. Would that not make your day, though, if a police yes. officer did that to you? I yes. mean, yeah. you'd be like, That's it sucks. I get this ticket. ticket. Yeah. yeah. That's how I want to get a ticket. <laughs> yes. Brighten your day, too. I mean, come on. But I, I really, I wanted to work, the whole goal with that was because I am such an animal lover and grew up uh, in the country with horses and big dogs um, and also a love of people. So I, the police force for me, that was a way to combine two loves of being, you know, working with canines, working mounted unit and, and 
mounted unit specifically, I mean, yes, we see it used in other ways, but what I really loved about mounted unit was that it was a chance to go into communities and have an animal who, who kids and, and people love horses, right? And to, to break that barrier between this rigidity that people see in police officers and, and have like an open dialogue and have good community relations. I think that is so important. So really that's what my goal was. Um, but for non, I think I just rested on the laurels of whatever it was that I brought in those first couple of episodes with Pike. And then before I knew it, I was doing away missions and I was like, okay, I'm just the rule. I'm just, I'm the backup. So I guess that's it. Is that fair? I don't know. <laughs> Extremely. Oh fair. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it, it, it's tough to tell if you're going to be around for the rest of this season or maybe like an off and on kind of thing. It seems like your character played her specific role for this episode and then she's going to disappear again and then hopefully and theoretically reappear. Now that we know that she's back in Starfleet, you know, she's in Starfleet command. So that means even if she's not a member of the, the Discovery crew, she's in the storyline somewhere she's she's back she's you know so i'm sure they'll be able to work you back in into the story at some point in some way hopefully fingers but, crossed right <laughs> yeah 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 everything yeah. crossed um were you a star trek i should ask this at the beginning were you had you ever watched star trek at all before you were cast in this Yes, but there's a ginormous gap between what I watched <laughs> and where I, I have ended up. So uh, you might have heard this as well. My mom was a huge fan of the original series. So nice. when I was growing up, um, she, on the weekends, there'd always be the, the reruns of all the episodes. And so I'd always watch that with her. I'm also a gigantic fan of Lucille Ball. I love her so much. And um, I, I, I'll have to send you a photo. At, at one point, I was reading the Desi Lu book on set mm. during season three, I think my last episode, and I took a picture of my chair with Non on it with the Desi Lu book. And I thought, it's the closest I'm ever going to get to working with Lucille Ball. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, yes, I think I was too young to really understand what was going on. I had a huge crush on Spike, uh, Spike Spock, uh, not so mm -hmm. much Kirk. Uh, which is weird. I think, well, maybe not. Uh, not I think not you need weird. to cut all of this out. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, uh, cut out my, I'll cut out my very dumb logical. cop joke too while I'm at it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I, it's tough because I, I think I could have continued watching that, but I was just so young. And then, you know, you get busy with sports and then boys and then, you know, doing everything else but watching TV. So there's this huge gap. So, yeah. How was the response? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, I just wanted to finish up on that. Did people in your inner circle go nuts then when you said that you are now cast in Star Trek? Uh, I had, yes. And I've also had 
I think I've been acting for 15 years and I've had people that I haven't seen in like 20 years, 25 years, sending me notes and be like, hey, I think I saw you at Star Trek. Um, my mother, I didn't tell, she was the one I was so excited to tell. And I didn't tell her because I was worried because that you know what they're like. They say, well, don't, you can't tell anyone. You have to be very quiet. And so I was like, oh, okay, I can't tell my mom. And then I sent her a photo of me in my red shirt thinking, cool, it's like, you know, the enterprise and my mom will, will get this. And she was like, oh, this is a nice picture. And I was like, okay. And she's like, I don't, I was like, don't you recognize someone? She's like, no. She's like, oh, the red shirt, is that you? And I was like, my own mother doesn't recognize me. So just. But then she was happy. It, yeah. yeah. Um, what, you know, my, you answered partly my question because, you know, Star Trek has this fan base where everybody's so, you know, in tune with what's happening and they're just up to date. And once they attach themselves to you, they're going to find out as much as they can about you. And I wanted to know what your experience with that was like, because, you know, the fans you're, you're introduced into the world now. And um, what has, you know, what has it been like for you to see the kind of embrace and the, and the recognition from, from so many people now? I, honestly did not think for a second how much non would be loved i didn't it didn't cross my mind at all and i remember anthony rapp saying to me well get ready you know people are really gonna love your character and you know just get ready for it and i was like sure yeah okay whatever you know i just standing in the background being a rule follower okay <laughs> i i am so grateful <laughs> for the kindness um i have dealt with fandoms before uh which have been very tough because i've played the other woman in a show and and a couple times oh. and yes they can be very fierce and i had to develop a thick skin very quickly which i did so now it's like alligator so bring it on um but <laughs> I, the love from this has been it's just been overwhelming and i'm i'm just so grateful i Thank you to like to everyone. I, I really I'm so grateful. Yeah. Uh, so are you are you going to conventions? Uh, generally, I know it's been a lot tougher the last couple of years with uh, the pandemic and all that. But have you been able to feel that love in person at all lately? Um, <laughs> mostly online, I guess yeah. is the <laughs> is is the thing. Um, I am gonna start doing conventions though. Uh, uh, which is exciting. I, I, I wasn't sure that I was even needed at conventions, to be honest with you, but I, um, I'm a, I'm a real animal and environment lover. And, uh, I have some high hopes that one day may be opening up, uh, an animal sanctuary. And right now, um, a lot of like the, the autographs that I do, if if I get any funds from that, those go right back into um, into helping animals in need. Uh, so conventions, I thought, well, you know what, this this might be a really great way to be able to do that startup. So I, I'm I'm probably going to Vegas uh, this fall, um, nice. and we'll just see. We'll just see what happens. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> you, she's gonna Sirac. Can you prepare yeah. her for uh, August in Las Vegas? Because it is the coolest uh, thing nothing, in the world. 
No, yeah, it's it's going to be the coolest thing, and you're going to be a hit, and you know you're going to get you get to see in person the people that really um, love your work and admire what you're doing. So it's it's nothing but the best. Uh, you there's nothing bad about it. I haven't been to a convention yet where I've walked away saying, "Boy, those guys are jerks, and they they really hate me." It, it just doesn't happen. It's just you know it's not going to happen. Um, but I will say that one of the things that I really like about your character too is there's kind of um, uh, I don't know for me I, I feel like there's a uh, there's something about your ethnicity right that I feel like reaches out to me and I say oh wow she's I don't know what she is but I, I you know I I like yeah. it whatever it is right and I and I wonder do you like who who are some of the people that identify with you and say, Oh my God, you know, you're, you know, you represent like me. Is it hmm. like, which, which kind of demographic of people do you feel like come out and say, Oh, you're, you know, I, I identify with you because you're, you're, you're like me. And, you know, I go through that, you know, I, I feel like I'm attached to you or I feel like you embody who I am. I, I, to be honest with you, I haven't actually had anyone specifically um, say that to me because um, my ethnicity is ambiguous, which I use to my advantage, I guess, in, in roles, yeah. you know, it yeah. sort of opens up, uh, opens the wider opportunities, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I have to mention this because it was such a, a big part of um, my like my career, I guess, because I, I, being an actor, I really want to be able to affect people in a very positive way. So I, I really, for example, want to do comedy. Um, that's something I really, really want to do because to get someone to laugh and to take them away from their troubles for five seconds is mm. what a gift. Um, and I did this role as, again, it was a, the one, the, the other woman role, but this character was suffering from bipolar. And I learned so much about mental health and and what the stigmas and everything around that. And I I did this role eight years ago, seven years ago, something like that. And I still have people that have connected with me back then, still I communicate with to this day because they were so impacted in a positive way because they themselves were suffering from bipolar. So to me, that is really important. So whatever the way, if people identify me by race, by by a character, by whatever, if if I reach them in a positive way, that's better than any award, any anything that's the that's the best gift so that was a really roundabout way of answering a question no, which I, I, that's, <laughs> that's, that, that was that's a great answer um and i like i like the ambiguity of it i i don't think it mm. needs to be defined I, I think it just it should remain kind of undefined and whoever identifies identifies based on whatever reason they identify um but we also saw a change in your i guess gills is that what it is ryan is it gills oh the breathers yeah yeah. Now, nine hundred years in the future, they—it's finally like a little Bluetooth thing instead of a whole. Yeah, <laughs> right. A whole long one. Yeah. I like the upgrade. I like the upgrade. Do you? And there's been a few, right? I used to always joke with the uh, with the breathers on. I'd be like, uh, 
thank you for calling Pizza Pizza. What would you like on your pizza? Like, it was just this joke. It was so fun. It was nice when they came off. I'm not going to lie. Uh, eating stuff like apples became easier. Uh, but I, yeah. I was so lucky with those breathers. I mean, I could just pull them off and then Rocky would just stick them back on again. So I was really lucky. Uh, Rocky, uh, we know but, him. He's been on our show. Great guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Has he? Prosthetics Rocky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. What a what an awesome dude. I love that guy. That being in the prosthetics trailer in the morning is one of my favorite parts of the day. Aside from cleanup. Cleanup is equally fantastic, getting all the stuff off your face. But uh yeah, Rocky's awesome. That whole team, Rocky, Nicola, Adrian, uh oh everybody. I, I feel like I'm gonna miss names, so I, I'm gonna zip it. But mm. and Dougie, of course. <laughs> Oh, so, Doug um, Jones. Are we talking Doug Jones? Everybody's let's talk favorite Doug Jones. human. Oh, my oh. goodness. Goodness gracious. Oh. Yeah. Actually, didn't you post a picture recently or he posted, somebody posted a picture of the two of you. And I was just like, oh, she's in good company. She she finds the good people. Yeah, it was uh, it was me, myself and Line, uh, me, myself and Linus. David. Me, Dougie and David. Yeah. 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 On the stairs. Because the joke was on the, like the third season uh when i was leaving i stood on an apple box so i could give them a hug and so i took a picture (laughs) and this time around we were standing and there was a set of stairs behind me so i cheated by going up on like two or three stairs so oh those two who i spent mornings with right and prosthetics was the two of Mm -hmm. them and the team so yeah they're very special we did get a Linus yeah. sighting in this episode. He did have a couple lines. I was happy to see him. We haven't seen him too much this season. We love David Benjamin Tomlinson, also a very great fellow. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's something I wanted to ask you because it, Star Trek likes to use its techno babble. And I feel like Discovery is like, you know, hold my techno babble, you know, because they're really up in the ante with all the the scientific (laughs) talk. And this episode wasn't too bad with that stuff. I was kind of watching you and the others and seeing how you deal with that. Does it feel like you're just learning a different language completely? Or does it or are you just like memorizing lines is like memorizing lines and then you just have to figure out a way to deliver it convincingly? (laughs) No, totally different language. What? I can't. Some of these words, I was like, I don't even know what this is. And even doing that whole like zoop and then this into here and like That's doing what it I, in the air. Yes. You, you did yeah. like a movie. And I was like, how do you feel when you're doing that? Do you just feel so weird? You're like, really like this? This is okay. I'm going to do this. Does this work? This works. Okay. This works. Okay. I got it. You know? Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. And even the, I mean, even that one line of Italian that I had when we all were speaking different languages a couple seasons ago. And it's like, even that I was like, Oh God, please don't mess up this line. Please don't mess up this line. You know, like all of those lines. I'm like, yeah, it gives me uh, heart palpitations. Hopefully I never do a medical show. That's what I'm hoping, you know? <laughs> yeah. There'll be a whole lot of that. Yeah. I, I, I really like the sensitivity of the moment uh, at the end of this episode where you have that scene with Burnham and you, you essentially say, I reached back to my family and just, you know, I realized that you're my family. And, and to me, that's like, that was a brilliant writing style, writing concept to kind of bring you back into the fold of the family. And, 
and the way you delivered that, I, I, I thought had an excellent sensitivity and it kind of reminded us all of the, of the things that this crew had to give up and what, you know, the kind of struggles that they're dealing with. Um, so I really enjoyed that performance with, uh, with you and Burnham at the end of this episode. Thank you so you said, much. Your, your line is all or nothing. That's me. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, we should put that on a t-shirt. That'll be the three of us with that uh, t-shirt. All or nothing. That's me. I'll all be or the or you guys can fight over who's all and who's nothing. <laughs> oh, Love oh you that. mean and all then... in one shirt? <laughs> all or nothing. No, well, we can be... do that in Vegas, right? I get yeah, to see you in nobody Vegas. Nobody wants and do to those... wear the nothing shirt. That's that's the person that loses the bet <laughs> or you have nothing on the front and then something like uh, exactly you know something i don't know something on the back or something that's like just getting sucker or so i right, don't know we'll do it just, for vegas yeah. i'm convinced <laughs> we'll do it for vegas line them yeah. up another line that you said that i thought was great well delivered too is uh when book when book fires a shot at the uh, station and you look over and you're like that was an act of aggression yes <laughs> like yes it was like best it line. was like we got to do something i thought it was the best line of the uh of the show because it was like hello oh. you know are, <laughs> hello are we going to are we going to stand here and just let him shoot at us or you know? Dude, I know you love the guy, but like, hello. Yeah, yeah totally. But can we totally. both agree? I think you even like prefaced it like, you know, we could argue over semantics, but can we both right. agree that that was an act of aggression, right? right? He's shooting at us, Burnham. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And it's Alan's episode, right? Like, he's such a great writer. Mm -hmm. And he's he wrote my goodbye episode, too, I think, in season three. He's so sweet. He's such a... I love working with him and I loved working with Andy too. I'd never worked with Andy before and she was such a great director. She was so fun. Mm. And uh, yeah, I really look forward to working with both of them again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So we only have a couple minutes left uh, actually, Rachel. So just want to point out, first of all, that we really appreciate you taking the time. This was really a good time. We really appreciate uh, you bring in all of your energy and positivity and warmth into the Star Trek world, the Star Trek family, and this show, which needs it, by the way. We we need a little bit of positive. Jeez, we're such negative Nancys. <laughs> but, but really... It, but, and, and, Rachel, and Rachel, let me say this too, because this is, this is the honest truth. Uh, since we've been reviewing this show, from the beginning, Ryan has been saying, I really like nods character and he keep he has brought me he has kept reminding us of this even when you were absent in the show he's oh. like where's not i like not <laughs> yeah. so, tired of all these <laughs> other guys <laughs> so so he's been rooting Thank for you. you and pulling for you since the beginning and i have to give him credit for that 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 is his you know his genuine feelings about your character he has been telling us since the beginning Dude, you guys got to watch her. I think she's the best. I love her. I love her character. I love her character. Mm -hmm. So he's probably one of the most excited people to see that you're back in the in the show, and and we're getting we're gonna get some more of you um, in the future. Oh, so what what's the deal though? He had to convince you that uh, I was worth watching. I mean, yeah, so what, and what's I was happening here? He had to too. really fight. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it wasn't much of a fight. It was pretty easy to be convinced. <laughs> well, you know, pretty the, easy. What, what sounded like a good thing to say, and thank you for pointing that out, Sirach, that makes every other guest go, wait a second. <laughs> Sirach never said that. <laughs> All the other times Ryan was blowing smoke up my ass. <laughs> no, no, this, this time it's actually true. <laughs> oh, I so appreciate it. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Sirach. Thank but, you both. <laughs> uh, this has been really great. You, and Rich. we do hope to see you much more um, on Star Trek Discovery. And we hope to see you much more on television and movies in general. Also, above all of that, uh, I really hope that you are successful uh, getting your animal uh, stuff going and, and animal welfare, animal rights, animal sanctuary. That stuff is very important. We can't neglect these other species on our planet, everybody. Do you have any, uh, very quickly before you start your own, do you have any animal uh, organizations that you'd like to promote right now? Oh my goodness, mention? so many. How do I even start? Uh, I really got going with uh, Mercy for Animals. That was right. my, the first one is Mercy for Animals. Um, and then I work uh, right now with the Canadian Horse Defense. Um, I'm just I'm just learning, and they've been so good to me. Everyone's been so good to me in knowing that what the goals are um, with potentially starting up a sanctuary. It feels like Mount Everest climbing it right now. It's I'm in the research stage. I mean, I have something going for me where I grew up in the country with animals, like with horses, and so. Um, I, at least I have some sort of knowledge. I wasn't a city kid my whole life, but, uh, but they've been really great in helping me out. Um, there's my out. Did you, yeah. was that very oh, we Canadian? Got it. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know. We hear it. We hear it. I can't change it. You guys, I can't ch out, out. How do you do it? Say it. I say oot. Out. Oot. Stop. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> It's out, out, but yeah, out. there's a little extra out, out. Yeah. Okay, out. She's like, so that there's doesn't been feel really good. Right. <laughs> it's I'm pretty good with my sorry, sorry, and uh, I've never been there instead of being. Mm -hmm. I'm working on it. Yeah. It's let's call it Canadian charm, okay? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so there's so like there's so many. I feel like I'm missing a whole bunch of organizations, but. Um, Sure. But they're very, they're very important to me, uh, especially I went vegan, vegan, vegetarian, vegan, like five years ago. And so the more I learn, the more I want to help out. Whoa, out. she yeah. did it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, that's awesome. We want to support that as much as possible. Absolutely. Um, and we also, Sirach and I need to make sure to give a very special thanks to, here it comes, Carmen, AKA Skillet, TJ Skillet. Jackson Bay out in Missouri, Bill Victor Arukin, check this out. Arukin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yvette Blackman, Homer Freezy out somewhere in New Yeezy, Eve England out in Wales, Dr. Anne-Marie Seagull, Titus Muller, Tim Baum, Darlene Tim Marie, Baum. John Mann, Dr. Muhammad Noor, Joe Balserati, Tierney C. Diekman, Michelle Melendez, Marsha Classic Schreier, Anna Post, Jenna Appleton, Dr. Frank Sobojensky, and especially Dr. Susan V. Gruner. Uh, 
Rachel, this was awesome. Thanks so much. We really hope to see you again. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you both very, very much for having me. A real pleasure. I hope I didn't talk your ear off. <laughs> oh, this was great. No, and it was great. Everybody at home, stick around for the free for all and, uh, you know, go do nice stuff for animals. Become a vegetarian or a vegan or go pet a kitty. And we'll be right back on the seventh rule. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome back to The Seventh Rule with Sirach Lofton, by the way. Hello, hello. This is the free for all today. Joining us, TJ Jackson Bay out in Missouri. We have Melissa Longo wearing a cool shirt made by Walking Art Made by Melissa.com. Check it out in the description box below. That's the chat pack looking good. Uh, Dr. Anne Marie Siegel, I bet she's wearing a shirt. Yeah, I am wearing a shirt. There. You know what I mean. Yeah. The Ferengi eyes. Ferengi, get, cool Ferengi eyes. From you can get that in, on our, in our online store, spring.com. Check it out in the description box below, Ferengi eyes. Looking awesome. We have Anna Post here. Hello, Anna. Oh. Best waiver in town. Thanks. Elbow, elbow, wrist, wrist, wrist. <laughs> All right. So first things first, TJ, before we hit record, you brought up something that I, I know I had missed, but we got a little bit more into the history and culture of the Barzan people. Yes, uh, and I thought it was you know, very interesting when Commander Nine comes in and, and the Admiral's explaining why he chose her and why he trusts her. Um, the exposition is that the Barzan way is duty above all. And so that gave us a, a great expansion into the Barzans. We got some back, you know, on the seed ship episode. But before that, all we had was they had a, a quirky wormhole that actually didn't work. And that was it. That's all we knew about them. Uh, and so, you know, it was great to get some expansion on the Barzans mm -hmm. and Commander Nine. Kind of like uh, the Jem'Hadar have like victory is life. Uh, tells you a lot about how they work as a people. And this is just a great way to learn more about the Barzans. Cool. Melissa Longo, what are your thoughts on this episode? Did you love it or what? Or what? Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer. I just, I 
I choose the alternative. Uh, Anne Marie Seagull, your thoughts on it? No. <laughs> No, no, I'm going to match your shirt. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. What? <laughs> She's um, turning red. She's turning red. We'll get back. We'll get back to Dr. <laughs> Anne Marie Siegel. You're the, I feel like. Melissa's arms are even turning red. <laughs> <laughs> it's really warm in here right now. <laughs> Anne Marie, your thoughts? Oh. Uh, I'm I'm just here for Tarina and Saru. Yeah, you I'm are. so into that ship. And I I mean, I love I like Dr. Colbert, especially like his relationship, but oh my gosh, I love that like very data-esque scene where like when data goes around to the ship asking dating advice it was so much fun when saru went to dr culver to talk to him about his burgeoning relationship so i just i had so much fun i watched that scene like 10 times i also want to see like i want them to cut to tarina like drumming her fingers like is saru gonna call me Thing. It's just really good. I love it. I love it so much. Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, on a post, would you also like to see Tarina checking her phone, being like, "Why isn't he has a respond?" I see three dots. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I love the fact that they have one couple where neither of them is human. Yes. Mm. So often in track, like at least one of them is human, but this is two completely different aliens neither of which are human that are still finding love with each other and I really I like that they did that and the whole episode like the B stories of the episode were almost relationship dynamics like you saw the the give and take between Book and Burnham and neither of them wanting to hurt the other but also believing that they were right and the dynamic with um, at the end with not and her family and having to find a middle ground like it's a different sort of relationship but 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 finding that middle ground with your family and how there is gray areas and it's not always going to be black and white and you can find a way to to be with people without necessarily compromising um, yourself and then with Saru and Tarina like his not quite being sure and his finding middle ground so it's like three different types of relationships and um, parallels of of finding that balance and and working things out which was kind of nice okay so with um, Saru and Tarina did you guys find did you guys find the parallel between T'Pol and Trip when he mentioned like they were going to like sit and meditate together. And, and we're like, are we going to get a uh, to Paul and trip thing where he's like, all right, time to disrobe. Um, well, the, the other thing <laughs> I like, totally love about them too, is like when sometimes certain characters on Star Trek, like who haven't been in a relationship before dated, they sort of like, you can almost see it in their eyes as they, as the thought of like, this is a possibility occurs to them. And they realize like, wow people it, I am capable of being like loved in a 
romantic relationship. And it's just really fun to see Saru sort of like come to that realization. And you almost see like the sparkle in his eye as he realizes it. I just, I love it. It's really beautiful. It gives so much dimension. Melissa, are you, you composed? You ready to, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I I love Saru and Tarina too, and I thought it was wonderful. I love the Zoom, the in-person Zoom yeah. thing. Yeah. It's so cool where they're like almost touching palms, and it I, I forget that they were not in the same room. A bit it's of a weird day. A few flickers <laughs> <laughs> in transmission, yeah. but it was like they're sharing this full-on moment together when they're completely different spaces, which is kind of amazing. And I love the, the scene with Saru and Culver. It was so sweet, so sweet. And Saru is so sweet. <laughs> and he, he kind of reminded me a little bit of Odo um, in, in uh, his way. We'll see that. But it was cute. And the, and the way Colbert was really amused by Saru's, you know, curiosity about entering the world of romance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's so cute. Uh, TJ, did you have any other thoughts on this episode? Out in the holodeck, I by do. the way. <clears throat> but before I get to that, I want to give a shout out to Wilson Cruz, yeah. uh, who plays Dr. Culver. Uh, I don't know if any of you have watched The Ready Room yet. Yeah. But, <clears throat> uh, you know, he talks about being a huge advocate for mental health and therapy and counseling. And uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to him for speaking about that and and saying that we all need a place to be safe and tell our truths. I so support and identify with that statement that uh, I just wanted to give it a shout out. So yeah, there are, awesome. This awesome. episode is so Star Trek. Like uh, I appreciate it. Uh, Burnham wanting to be candid with her crew and not, you know, not be hiding why Commander Nine is there. And I also appreciated, uh, you know, how in character uh, what Book is doing is for him, because when we first meet him, he's in the business of saving the lives of these trans worms. So he's all about saving lives. He doesn't want to hurt the Discovery crew. He's not really, you know, out there to quote unquote, be a bad guy. What he's doing, he's doing it because he wants to save lives and also because he's mad it destroyed his planet and his family, but he wants to save it from happening to anybody else. So it's it's so in line with, with Book's character. Um, I'm also, you know, hoping we got to see, you know, uh, Commander Reese kind of not agreeing with, with yeah. uh yeah. You know, right. the Starfleet mission. He was a little troublemaker was, twice in there. He was yeah combative. And so I'm I'm kind of hoping that that's just not you know throwaway content from this episode that that comes up again yes. somehow some way. And and I kind of trust the writers to do that. Um, 
I kind of felt a little bit for Commander Nan. Uh, towards the end, she kind of explains what happened when she went back to Barzan and uh, and that she got to see, you know, the descendants of her family, but she wasn't able to tell them, you know, who she was. And, and you know, that just kind of makes me feel a little bit sad for her because she's yearning for that connection uh, to her people. She's, you know, she's able to serve and represent the Barzan planet, but she's not able to make that personal connection back home that I think anybody would want to have uh, because she's not able to tell them that she's from the past. That's not common knowledge. And so I mm -hmm. kind of feel for her on that. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, I thought it was funny that, uh, that <laughs> um, Dr. Cole just straight up tells Saru, you've been an idiot. <laughs> like, Come on, man, you gotta go out with her. Uh, and I thought it was funny how coy, you know, Saru was being, and 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 Doug Jones just looking into Saru's eyes when yeah. when he's doing this uh, scenes, and and uh, my goodness, Doug Jones, hats off. Yeah. The last thing I want to mention is if Sarah leans over for a moment and you look at his screen and Anna's screen, you'll see that they both have their chairs. Uh, decorated. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Doesn't everyone do blankets on chairs? Everybody yeah. does that, yeah. <laughs> Excellent observation. Uh, one, one last, last thing. And um, talking about, you know, expanding cultures, uh, we've got a lot of expansion on uh, the Vulcans in this series. Um, yeah. A thousand years later, and, you know, before, you know, we've known that they've given up the, uh, what is it they, they used to say, the needs of the many outweigh uh, the needs of the few. They, they've kind of thought a little bit about more about that. But in this episode, you know, we see President Tarina in that scene in Saru's quarters uh, talking about how important feelings are. Yeah. I, and I and thought that was an interesting Good point. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not the first time we've kind of seen, you know, her or other Vulcans kind of, uh, kind of, you know, hint towards that in this uh, series. So, you know, I'm interested to see the continued expansion of the Vulcans and the Romulans, because those are some of my favorite uh, mm. people. That's a good point. I hadn't even noticed that. You're Can right. you imagine if you went, if you suddenly like went back in time on Earth, like uh -huh. eight hundred years, like it would be so the culture would be so different. Like it was, I can't even imagine the culture shock yeah. of then. I've thought about that, and that wouldn't work for me because uh, they You're wouldn't have contact doing. lenses. So I would be like, <laughs> seriously, I've thought about that. I'd be like, if or I was glasses. in right, if I was you know, a Neanderthal or even just a, a, a thousand years ago, I'd be useless. I'd just get I'm killed, done, yeah. right? Are there I'd that many blind. Neanderthals in France in 1200? There still are. <laughs> <laughs> we would not be the survival of the fittest people. Uh, <laughs> totally, no. totally. They'd be like, what can you do, dude? Can you knit? I don't know. What can I'd be like, I, I could throw logs on the fire. I'll probably hit it. Can you work <laughs> with steel? Do you the bladesmith <laughs> i'm blind I'm churn blind. butter <laughs> churn butter Sirach, do you have That's any final thoughts 
Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts on this episode? It was a fun one. By the way, you're wearing my favorite Abyssinian kiosk oh, shirt cool. ever. It looks like the, the Ethiopian design just getting attacked by Wolverine. It's slashing through. It looks superhero vibes. Check it out in the description box below, abyssiniankiosk.com. Sirach's sister does those awesome things. Sorry about that. Please continue. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, I, one, my one takeaway was um, I was like, Wilson Cruz, Colbert, he, he looks so damn good in that white uniform. Yeah. I was like, his posture is so is like perfect. And he he rocks the hell out of that uh, uh, white, all white outfit. So shout out to Wilson for keeping it together. I thought one of the best lines in this ep- episode was when Stamets was being uh, harassed by Burnham. And she's like, hey, I need can you do it any faster? And he's like, uh, is there an acceptable answer? Other than yes. <laughs> yeah. And Burnham says no. And he's like, then yes. And I love that. I love that, I love that too. That was an amazing here. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's Wilson Cruz being a stud. Um, well, I think that's why he looks so good in that white yeah. uniform is because he looks good in anything. Without a no, uniform. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. He's. Kind of in shape a little bit. I hope I look like that when I'm 75 or whatever he is. I'm just kidding, Wilson. If you're listening, we we know you're not 75. <laughs> he looks so great. no, I, I love that that exchange. I thought that was a, a classic Star Trek moment right there because you always get, I, you know, I need it faster. You got 30 minutes. Well, you know, you only got five. That's a constant running theme in Star Trek, and I like the way they kind of made a play on that. Where he's like, "Is there an answer that I can give other than yes?" Mm-hmm. And that was a great moment, I thought. Mm. Um, they they uh, also mentioned the signal discriminator. And I'm like, what is a signal discriminator? I, I, I had to kind of think about that for a second. Because uh, I've been discriminated on. I didn't know if it was an actual machine. <laughs> and it's that not that great. It. <laughs> yeah, machine that, that discriminates. Great. Yeah. <laughs> We need, we need to destroy this discriminator yeah. thing. Yeah, that's, that's outdated, man. I yeah. can just see uh, Sirach running the mission. He smashes this discriminator. It's like, no discrimination. Oh. But that's yeah. not what, it, then you shouldn't call it that. Yeah. And now we can't exactly. get in the ship. Exactly. Can we move past uh, <laughs> I felt like the, the argument between Reese and Bryce was a little short for me. I actually wanted more about it because yeah. I. he says to him me like, uh, um, he says, yeah, book is going to get locked up for the rest of his life or something to that extent. And the response was like, well, you don't know anything about loss. And I'm like, well, doesn't, don't they all know about loss? Yeah. Yes. They all literally, literally lost something. True. They all have lost he their said, timeline and their family. You don't know what it's like to lose everything. But that I thought the same thing. I was like, but he's from the past too, so yeah. he lost everything. Remember, I think it was a reference to, to the to the episode <laughs> yeah. with the prison where he talks. Yeah, he exactly. gave a little bit of his own backstory. Mm-hmm. It, it feels okay. like they're hanging out in the holodeck together a lot, and they're giving like Major Bashir O'Brien vibes. Oh my god, they should like make a them buddies. of their conversation, and it yeah. sounds like they've been spending a lot of time together, and we just don't even know. Uh, 
And I want to see their exactly. I need more of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like let the fight play out for a little bit. Like yeah. it was like 10 seconds, 20 seconds. And then it was like, all right, guys, enough of that. Let's get, yeah. you know, yeah. well, I thought I the same, I thought the same, uh, about that, you know, and I know, uh, TJ was mentioning that a bit too, saying he wanted to see more and I want to see it play out in further episodes because you got to, I mean, at least from my point of view, and I think from most fans point of view, we don't care if somebody becomes more of an antagonist that doesn't make them like a worse character that just makes them more interesting. It gives us something more to hang on to. We want to see more of their personality, even if it's in an antagonistic role or, or it's different from somebody else's, we just want to know more about the characters. And so when they kind of, you know, they got transported back and one, one of them helped the other one up and they kind of smiled. And I was like, I yeah. hope that's not the end of it. I hope it doesn't just yeah. like, like, like close out like, oh, you helped me up. Oh, well, then let's not ever it's cool. have they a disagreement. Cool let's never have a disagreement. Yeah. I'm like, I, like I hope that. that doesn't eliminate it. I hope they keep building. I mean, they can argue, they can agree, but just give us more. I like to see more about the characters. TJ, while you're in that holodeck, can you check and see what games they've been playing together? Yes. I know, like- <laughs> well, we, we know one of them. If you remember in the uh, was it, season three finale when they're uh, locked up and they're doing the this kind of uh, Morse code tapping thing oh, yeah. uh, to talk to each other uh, behind the guards back and, and they kind of, you know, oh, get yeah. figured out. They've been doing uh, that. So, yeah, they, so they've got some connection. They do stuff together um and they know this tap language that's fun i do happen <laughs> to know that when they have a pool party they are the chicken fighting champions that okay. that much i know you know when one sits on the other person yeah they're, they're the one yeah. team mm-hmm. okay yeah. okay i'm not touching that one no. <laughs> Is that, uh, do those occur in citation ops <laughs> and Saru is a team by himself because he's just tall enough to. You know, I All was right. noticing that with when he was talking to Tarina, I was like, "Wow, there's a, a mighty height difference between them." <laughs> you know, I thought was, I thought he was initiating this stuff with Tarina in the beginning. I thought he was the one that gave her a flower. Yeah, some come hither like eyes. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't he the one like kind of like yeah swing her a little bit well, that, even that was a reciprocation and it was because that i think they shared some tea when they were went to vulcan um with stamets she gave him some um caminar tea right that she had ready for him so yeah so she's naughty. after that <laughs> <laughs> all right fun seeing like uh michael burnham in the chair actually too because I've been watching a lot of Voyager lately, and obviously we all love Janeway, but she has to, like, be so wooden to sort of sometimes, like, suppress her femininity to be taken seriously as captain, and it's actually really nice to see Michael Burnham not having to do that, and nobody, like, questions it or thinks she seems, like, ditzy if she's wearing her hair, like, in a really cute way, and it's nice to see her, like, not her having hair. to worry about, like, she can wear, like, makeup, whatever makeup she wants, and no one's, like, talking about it behind her back, like, sometimes happens in professional, uh, like, high-powered, like, women in the workplace, so I'm really enjoying seeing her just being herself, and nobody even batting an eye. Not the 90s anymore. <laughs> yeah. 
or mm. 2021. Or 2022. <laughs> I love it. Excellent points. Yeah, yeah, and I actually like the timelessness of the braids because you know, yeah. if you go back in history and you you look up like old African traditional cultures and, and different tribes, you'll find that braiding hair is like mm-hmm. thousands of years old. And I'm glad that it's something that they can, you know, they kept with the yeah. con- continuity of. So it's something that they're continue to uh, embrace culturally because it's something that is significant to the black culture, braided hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the Egyptians' wigs were braided. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Egyptians' what's were braided? Wigs, like oh, wigs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cool. <sighs> I said that before, Melissa. <laughs> Tonight for me. Oh, boy. Uh, all right. Well, we better run, everybody. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, Melissa, TJ, Anne-Marie, Anna, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us for Sorak Lofton and myself and the great bird in the sky, Mr. Aaron Eisenberg. Thank you all very much for joining us. And until next time always remember the seventh rule and next week we'll all be in braids.